Welcome to the Pumping Irony Podcast. This is episode 5, and uh, this is a podcast dedicated to things we like and things we dislike. We're three friends all living in Columbia. My name is Tim. I'm Russ. And I'm Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Um, so, uh, before we begin, I just want to go back and, and uh, to uh, the last episode. I got a couple of um, corrections and apologies I want to... I want to get off my chest before we begin. So, first of all, when I was talking about um, my book and Kevin Costner being um, one of the uh, co-authors, uh, I was listing all of his, his resume and all of his accomplishments, and I forgot to add that he is actually a director as well. Oh. He is an, an Oscar, um, not, not an Oscar-winning director from uh, Dances with Wolves, yeah. or as I call it, Old Timey Avatar. <laughs> Did uh, you get a call from him? No, or no, I just, I just, <laughs> as I was, as I was, as I was the listening. The fans were out in full force. <laughs> no, I, I, I just listened, as I was listening and I was like, oh, I forgot to mention that he was a director. And then when we were talking about 10 Cloverfield Lane, I knew that was a, uh, there was a, a discrepancy because um, uh, the, I said the budget is 5 million, which IMDB listed as a, as estimated budget of 5 million, but the Wikipedia page says 15 million budget, so... You got a ten million. Now I hate the there. film. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So, but either way, a lot of that's probably marketing. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, right. maybe. The marketing budget is usually separate than the yeah. production budget. Yeah. So, but like I said, it's, it's estimate. So it's either five million or fifteen million, whatever. It's still a great movie. So, um, sorry, Cloverfield fans yeah. and Costner. So I just want to make sure that I, you know, I, I'm not uh, putting out any false information. So it's either five million or ten million. You be the judge. <laughs> so we're gonna uh, we're gonna jump into it right now, and then um, I'm gonna go first with with my like for the week, and it is um, I'm I'm sorry to go hipster on you, but it's a band you guys have probably never heard of, uh, <laughs> but Andrew's heard of them. Uh, it's a band called Escondido. Uh, they are I've a, heard of them and heard them, heard of them and heard them and seen them <laughs> and seen them with yes. my eyes. They're a, they're a duo out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, the duo consists of Tyler James and Jessica Maros. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, so Tyler James was a was a solo artist. Um, then he became a touring uh, member of this band, another indie band called Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Anyone? Anyone? No. no. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've heard of them. I like them. Um, so he was a touring member, and so he was he was a solo artist. Um, and then he he joined Jessica, who was like working as a fashion designer in Nashville, and they put this <laughs> this band together. Um, and so how I discovered them is. Uh, I'm I'm a subscriber to Apple Music, and you can you know stream music and listen to it, which is kind of good because you can now you don't have to you probably pay my monthly fee and I can like download and listen right. and stream music yeah. and if I like it I like it if I don't I can discard it instead of like you know selling out ten bucks for an album and right. then you're like ah oh, this is, this album sucks so you don't have to do that anymore <laughs> um, so I was just on on um, on uh, Amazon I mean on Apple Music. And uh, I just saw this band, and, and they were listed there, and I saw them a couple of things. I'm like, man, I'll try it out. So I downloaded it, loved it, um, and, uh, and then we had tickets. We, I think I mentioned that we had tickets to go see the Lone Bellow live, and then I found out that Escondido was the opening band. So I'm like, hey, look at that. Um, pretty cool. Uh, and so we saw them, and I thought they were I thought they were great. Yeah, they were really good. Pro um, used to jumpsuits too. Yes. So yes, yeah, so she was a fashion designer, so she makes she makes this she has this like this sparkly like jumpsuit, red and like sparkle. Yeah, a lot of sequins and um, awesome. and then the, her and then Tyler James he was like in like these uh, mariachi pants and shirt and all that and uh, uh, they actually made a joke about that. Um, but yeah, so they their music is definitely is is like a. I don't know. It was reminiscent of like the the Southwest, or mm-hmm. not. It's not country music. It's like 
Tex-Mex or something? Yeah, kind of. It's got this this twang to it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's like a lot the, of trumpet. A lot of trumpet, yeah. Uh, so th- both of them are, are really into like Spanish westerns. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like almost like <laughs> Spanish spaghetti western. Yeah. Uh, not Spanish western, spaghetti westerns. And uh, so I, I was... sounds interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> They probably have those out there also. But um, I was reading some article. I wish I could find the Juan source. Wayne. Um, <laughs> what's that? Juan, Juan Wayne. Wayne. Juan Wayne, yes. Um, I, was reading this, I was reading this article, and I wish I could find the source, but uh, to describe their music. And it was, uh, they said that if, if uh, Clint East was the man with no name, got in a Camaro to drive and turn on the radio, this is the music that he'd right. be listening to, Escondido. Um, let me actually, I will play just a little bit the, the, the first song um, on their first album, which came out in 2013. I'll talk about it a little bit, but I'll re- get, a, get a feel for mm-hmm. how what they sound like. a little feel for them. I think that's what the song they opened up um, their, right, yeah. their band. So uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, it gets uh, it's like that and it's, it's mellow, but it's like rocking also. And I mean, they were pretty rocking in concert. They were fun. Uh, they had a really good band uh, backing them, another guitarist and a drummer, and um, and a bass player. And um, and yeah, they're 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 really good. Um, their albums are really short too. You don't have to like invest a lot of time. They they're like no filler. They breeze through. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think their their first album is like 31 minutes long, and the second album is like 32 minutes long. So you can you know in a little bit of an hour you can you can get through um, both of their albums. So their first album, The Ghost of Escondido, came out in 2013. I was reading a little bit about it. It was recorded all in one day, um, which it wasn't like they didn't come into into the studio and just record songs. They had they prepped a lot, but then they got through these 10 songs and they recorded all in in one day. Um, and so they put they put the music out themselves on their own label. Um, so like I said, I, I got them through Apple Music, and uh, but then I went on their website, and I'm like, I want to support them. I wanted to buy their CDs when I saw them live, but it was just, it was a mess up there at the merch table. So I went on their website and I bought their their CDs. You can get two two of them for sixteen dollars um, from their website, and uh, and yeah, and they they like I said, they they opened up, they toured with um, with the Lone Bellow, and um, and now they're going to actually go out on their own, play little clubs, and they're actually coming back to the, the D.C. area. They're playing, uh, it's a Wednesday night, though, but on June 8th, they're playing at Jam and Java um, down like in Jam Vienna. Java. Yeah, it's a great place. So we might, I would like, maybe we could swing it and go see um, go see Escondido Live. Camp to some other Wednesday night yeah. obligations. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> we can take a break, yeah. We can make a road trip of it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the band Escondido out of Nashville, uh, Tennessee. I like them. Uh, check them out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I like it. Sounds it sound like you know that could be the soundtrack to any of those spaghetti westerns. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And like I said, they they do get a little rocking, and mm-hmm. uh, um, I will say they, they they sound really good together. Um, she's the main singer; he sings backup. But when they like harmonize together, they sound really good. And, uh, we'll check them out. Yeah. yeah, I like any you know concert set that starts off with a guy busting out a trumpet. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> while he's wearing a guitar. <laughs> yeah. So that, that is, that's cool. my first, like, band, Escondido. And next is Andrew. Yeah. 
Uh, so you'll be hearing this, you know, like two weeks after we record it. But yesterday was Daredevil Day, which is <laughs> yes. a big holiday. <laughs> As of yesterday. <laughs> it was, I guess, the second annual. The date changes every year. Right. Uh, de- depending on what Netflix wants to put their stuff out. Um, so I spent yesterday watching Daredevil. <laughs> uh, Did you call him sick to work? I, I had a personal day. Oh, there you good. go. And they go away in May, so. All right. You might as well take yeah. them. Um, Use them or lose them kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, so I spent the whole day watching Daredevil pretty much. <laughs> Um, and no regrets. Uh, it was great. Actually, there were some regrets around 11 o'clock. And I'm like, I am not quite at my full mental capacity. And the plot is getting more and more convoluted. And I'm not keeping up as well. So I'm excited. To, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch uh, some parts of it, which will be fun. Because the whole thing I want to rewatch. Um, and I need to rewatch season one also because season one was great. Uh, but season two is fantastic. Um, I think season one might be a little bit stronger just because it has. A little bit of a tighter story. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of season one uh, centers on you know Wilson Fisk. Everything that yeah. the, your heroes are doing mm-hmm. is going up against Wilson Fisk. Everything that Wilson Fisk's doing is you know to, to consolidate power. Yeah. So pretty much all of the plot is really revolving around him um, in one way or another, which you know gives you just a really tight story. And this one is a little bit broader. You you bring in uh, the Punisher um, and some other characters. Uh, which are great. John Bernthal as the char- as the Punisher is so good. Um, I mean, he's not quite you know, you know, D'Onofrio level or David Tennant and mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, but he is amazing. Um, and there are some just like great scenes between him and uh, Daredevil, uh, which one in the episode that Tim's watching right now. Yes, I, I made it through. <laughs> I made it through two and a half episodes, and then I, I right at a great pivotal scene, I. I my um, family came home, and, and so that was like, a, and so I shut it off. Um, but yeah, so I was I was right halfway through episode three, and um, like I said, a real pivotal scene. I'm like, ah, I don't want to turn this off, but I did anyways. Yeah, and while while I said you know it's a little bit broader and a little bit more uh, convoluted, they're bringing in you know more than one new thing. I will say that the first four episodes could have either been the, an entire season or just its own tight little contained story, mm-hmm. um, because while the events of it obviously you know, still spill over into the other nine episodes. Mm-hmm. If, like, I'm watching season f- episode four, and it's like, is this over? Did they only make four <laughs> episodes? Like, and, like, those four episodes could have been, like, a four-hour movie that would have been, I think, mm-hmm. among the best stuff Marvel's ever ever done. Um, I, I, my friend Mitch told me yesterday that episode three, the one you're watching, mostly gets pulled right out of one of the comics. Oh, okay. Um, where, yeah, there's... Uh, it's a extended rooftop scene, I guess. It's uh, okay. pulled uh, pretty much right from the comics. And, and the that's, what I, that. that's where I stopped at that yeah, rooftop which scene. Which is <laughs> one of the high points of the entire series. Episode 3, I think, is probably my favorite episode of the whole season. Okay. Um, episode 3 and 4 are both fantastic, but episode 3 does some really cool stuff. And then it's a lot of talking and, you know, philosophizing. Mm-hmm. Is that the word? It sure. sounds good. Sure, we're going to go with it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so just a lot of uh, dialogue between... Uh, Daredevil and Punisher sort of going over, uh, I guess, their motives. They have, you know, differing viewpoints on right. how vigilante should work, I guess. Uh, Punisher is a bit, a little bit rougher, <laughs> I guess. And Daredevil believes in second chances. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and if you're of the comic book, you kind of know that's that's the Punisher from the comic books. Yeah, which made me, it made me really happy that they didn't try to water him down at all. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's a killer. Yep. <laughs> like, he doesn't... 
mess around uh, at all. He's he's brutal and uh, just really, but he he does have his own code, um, as you know the the best villains and antiheroes do. Right. Uh, so I, I was really impressed. that acting is top notch. Uh, they pull off, I think, some even better action scenes than the first season. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, there's one of the action scenes in the first season is probably my favorite TV action scene of all time. Know exactly um, what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and every, anyone who's watched the first right. season knows exactly the scene I'm talking about, and anyone who's watched the second season knows exactly probably what scene I'm talking about may actually be better. Mm. So uh, it's just incredibly impressive. Uh, production value on this thing is, is so good um, on all of Netflix shows, um, but especially the, their Marvel stuff yeah. has just been incredibly impressive. Like, I love that they're they're picking the right sort of uh, mediums based on the project. Like, you have the movies which have a, a broader audience and need to be a little bit more flashy, a little bit more flashy, a little <laughs> bit more family friendly, a yeah. little bit more. Just uh, appealing to all ages, I guess, right. and yeah. you know the entire. You got to hit all four quadrants, or right. whatever. <laughs> um, so they're choosing the heroes that work best for that. Daredevil wouldn't be as great, you know, as yeah. a standalone summer movie. And Punisher. Well, would well they to tried be, it and it failed. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Punisher would have to be, you know, a hard R mm-hmm. uh, to really get, oh, yeah. you know, the point across on that. And Jessica Jones, I don't think, just has the the appeal. Right. Of, so they're a little, but, lo, little lesser known character from the comic books yeah so they're choosing you know netflix to put that stuff where it can really shine and really be itself and then the their other tv offerings the stuff on abc agent carter which is phenomenal and agents of shield which is also pretty darn good uh at least most of the time (laughs) uh you know and those those are a little bit more broad and (laughs) they get to you know they get to be their thing and appeal to you know the right audience for them um but these netflix shows are just they're killing it I'm so excited for Luke Cage. <laughs> September 30th. Yeah. Luke Cage Day. So, do, um, without giving anything away for the whole thing, but do they get into the Punisher backstory at all a little bit? In the, in a little the bit. Okay. Like, the, you don't get, like, an, like an origin episode. Okay. Um, sort of, like, season one had, like, the Wilson, Wilson Fisk, Fisk yeah. episode, and there's not really a, a Punisher equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way, because the way that they reveal, you know, his past is a little bit, I don't. I don't want to give away why okay, they don't. But yeah. yeah, I think there's a reason why they don't. Okay. Um, and I think it's it's to the the betterment of the story. Yeah. Are they talking about making a Punisher series also? I think they've uh, they've at least thrown around. And okay. I, I would watch it. <laughs> I would watch it right now. <laughs> well, we're looking we're looking forward to watching it, but we just didn't have time to binge it last oh, yesterday. You didn't have thirteen hours <laughs> yesterday to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. all of my family's. A fan of the show, um, Carla's seen a couple episodes. She's like, "Yeah, I can see why you get into this." So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's a show it. about. I mean, like I said, and we talked about it before when we did the recap of uh, mm-hmm. favorite shows of last year. But it's it's just the story. I mean, still, it feels so like grounded in real life. You know, yeah. the the the, yeah. the 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 implications, the fallout of things that are happening, right. um, re- have real consequences and real people, and you you'll feel for them, and and so yeah, it it, it just feels a little more a little more weighted, weighty, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of this season deals with the consequences of things that happened in season one. Yeah, I mean, like, I think one of the whole one of the characters' main motivation for the entire season seems like they might be doing things that are. You know, you're looking at the character like you're being a little bit like 
crazy or too, you know, you're not seeing the real, you know, motivations behind this person, but it's, I think it's because of events that that character had to do. I'm trying to be very vague. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds, you know, a little bit, I guess, wonky what I'm trying to say, but like the, the, mo- like the motivations are because of consequences from the first season, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, most yeah. of this season really is about uh, sort of, you know, what's happened because of the things that they did mm-hmm. in season one, which is great. I will say, I think the I think Foggy sort of gets the shaft this season. He doesn't mm-hmm. really get oh, to, like do, <laughs> to do much of anything outside of... Like, one of the great things about Jessica Jones was it always felt like the character, the side characters, when they weren't on screen, they were off having lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know... Uh, the junkie friend, like you, you imagine there's this whole story about all the, the crazy mishaps this guy is probably getting into <laughs> when Jessica Jones isn't around, uh, and her, you know, uh, Trixie or Trish or her sister, right? Yeah, no, her, her 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 best friend. Oh right. right. Um, it you know she seems like she has this life that doesn't revolve around Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. and a lot of the side characters in Daredevil don't always feel that way, and part mm-hmm. of it's because they're a little bit more directly tied into the main plot but you know when yeah. foggy disappears for you know half an episode or isn't doing anything that you don't see on screen you imagine that he's only sleeping right? <laughs> uh, and he doesn't really have his own subplot huh. you know okay. K- karen gets to go off and do her thing mm-hmm. uh for a lot of it uh which is great and she's she really gets to shine this season i think but foggy sort of gets you know, shaft as a result because there's o- there's only thirteen hours, right? Yeah, <laughs> and you've got these all all of these awesome new characters. So so like first first season had like towards the end maybe like eight or nine or episode eight nine or ten kind of like lulled a little bit. Does this have the same feel to it? Does like it 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 kind of has a little dip in? I don't think so. No, no. I think all this one especially episodes. especially at the end of eight. And nine and ten, I was like, oh, I just got to keep watching, like, because the, they <laughs> power through. Yeah, no, it's because the the ending of those episodes was so like the ending of episode. Oh, I can't believe that this just happened, and then I got to see what happens in episode nine, yep. and then episode nine ends. And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> and then episode ten ends, and you're like, I can't even believe they went there. Wow. Okay. Um, cool. I'm looking forward to it because I like yeah, they, they end yeah. the episodes very well oh, okay. this season. Yeah. Like I said, I got through two and a half episodes, and maybe I'll try to finish up a couple, two and a half more tonight. I don't know if I have time today, but I'll try to get through some uh, more. Um, yeah, that's a good thing about Netflix is, you know, they're all there, so you right. you can watch them, like, one a week, or you can just, like, do like Andrew and power through them all in one day. <laughs> yeah. or, I, got a, I got a wedding to go to tomorrow, yeah, right? so I wouldn't be able to watch it tomorrow, and right. they were recording podcasts. <laughs> I had a meeting this morning. Yeah. So... But yeah, so that's the that's good thing about Netflix is they, they do, they put them there. You can choose to binge watch them yep. or go pull episodes or you can, you know, stretch them out as long yeah. as you can. Like I've seen, I've watched, in the next, last couple of weeks I've watched two episodes of Jessica Jones. So uh, maybe I'll try to, I'm like watching one a week of that mm-hmm. when I have time and stuff like that. So, which is, you know, kind of cool because they're there yeah. and I can watch them and when I want to and. Not to feel pressure of like I gotta get all these yeah. out. Are they gonna disappear or something like that? No, they're they're on Netflix and and watch them at your leisure kind of thing. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Netflix isn't gonna lose the rights to their own original programming. Right. There you go. It's yeah. not gonna disappear like Doctor Who or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's Daredevil season two, uh, a favorite of Andrews. Yes, yeah, a very vague favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I I don't feel like I'm doing enough heavy lifting this week because Andrew watched something for 13 hours. My like is a 17-minute short film. So. Oh, okay. 
But what it is, it's, it's Darth Maul Apprentice, which is a mm. fan film that uh, that's on YouTube, so you can watch it whenever you want, and uh, it's really good. Just really well done. Um, production value is top-notch. So it's a fan film, but it doesn't, doesn't look like a fan film. Um, yeah. The... Uh, the guy who plays Darth Maul is his his, AKA you know I forget his real name but his his um, alias is Maul Cosplay so he does this okay and he looks spot on mm-hmm. like Darth Maul from the movie and I've I've seen have you seen it Andrew <laughs> I've seen half of it okay yeah so um, it's just really really well done great fight scenes great choreography great cinematography um, the camera moves around and great emotion. Like, you care about these characters? My brother said, when I posted this on Facebook, he said something like, um, real emotion and characters I care about? This belongs nowhere near the prequels. <laughs> Which I agree with. I thought that um, in episode one, you know, Darth Maul was the best thing to come out of that. Um, right. And I'm glad that, that they made this fan film. But uh, So I rewatched it this morning, and I was just like, yeah, this is good, you know. They, they focus in on faces, and you have little, you know, just a little um, twinge of an eyebrow or whatever, and you can just see the emotion in, in everybody's face, the mm-hmm. Jedi that are fighting him and Darth Maul, and you can see Darth Maul sort of conflicted about killing one of them, and, mm-hmm. you know, because it's supposed to be before he becomes the full, you know, Darth or Sith warrior or whatever, but... Um, so it's a good like origin story of Darth Maul. Um, I watched the uh, a making of thing this morning also. Oh, okay. Um, so it's all almost all German actors mm. and made in Germany, but you'd never know that by watching know. it because they're they're speaking English and with no accents. Right. And, yeah. And yeah, so it's uh, really well done and and it's fascinating to watch it. So I guess they spent like a year maybe a year and a month um, on principal photography in different places in Germany and the Netherlands. And it's kind of fun watching the, uh, the making of because, you know, they're filming a scene and then joggers come by and they're <laughs> like, and, and they stop and, and the Darth Maul guy is like, he takes pictures with them and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, <laughs> all right. That's so. awesome. I need to watch this making of. Yeah, it's kind of fun. If you watch, you know, if you watch the, the film on, on YouTube, then one of the follow-up ones will okay, be the, it'll the making. Up. It'll pop up. So, yeah. So definitely watch it. So, um, so no, no German Jedi's. No German Jedi's. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger is German. He's Austrian. <laughs> They're right next to each other, aren't they? <laughs> Their accents are quite similar. Yeah. But anyway, this this film is it's really really good. So take seventeen minutes if you don't have thirteen hours to watch Daredevil. <laughs> Or you could watch 17 minutes of a Daredevil episode. Or you could do that. But then you know you're not going to stop there. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, did they talk about like how long it took them to make it? and, and um, Yeah. Um, have the, they shown it like any festivals or anything like that? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure about that at all. But uh, it's just, it's on YouTube at the moment. And, and another question, are they going to make more? I would because hope so. I would, I would watch them. Because they're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Two years from now, we could be seeing another one. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All, All right. right, so that's my like for this week. All right, so when we come back from our break, we will get into our dislikes. Okay. 
I guess I start the dislikes this time. And my dislike, uh, I just saw this um, last week, I guess, that they're making a new Ben-Hur. And mm. I watched the trailer, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> it's uh, It looks like, you know, they just threw CGI at, at it. And, and when, they, when they do that in, in a realistic story like this, it just it always just kind of grates at me, mm-hmm. and so this one you know they have all these swooping shots of, of the the ships you know the naval battle and all that stuff which is cool, but I don't know I just it, I have such a love for well I won't say the original because the original is actually a remake, but I've seen the original the original is really good too uh, 1925 oh, okay. film Silent where they have a great naval battle and a great chariot race you know all it. It's actually, the 1925 one's actually worth watching. Oh. It's, I don't remember how long it is, but, you know, you get into the uh, <clears throat> the silent emoting and all this stuff, you know, and, and big eyeliner on the guys and stuff like that, but that's how they made silent movies. But the action sequences are really cool. Mm. And then, of course, the 1959 one, which, is, which the, uh, was the record, epic. the epic and the record winner of Oscars until, I think, Titanic finally... Um, Boo! Yeah, finally, <laughs> finally tied it. I think eleven Oscars won. Um, but you know that is no CGI at all because it didn't exist back then. Right. It's all practical effects and real chariot races. Real chariot races. You know, the naval battle is made with these really giant ships. I mean, giant model ships, and uh, you know, so it all has this feeling of ground and grounded in reality. And uh, this new one, just it's just like. Any of those epic, uh, you know, um, I don't want to say, uh, like that Gods of Egypt one. Yeah. That's kind of what it reminded me of, just because mm. the, C- the CG is so, I don't know, it just, it's just not quite there. And maybe when they actually release the movie, it'll be better. But still, there's all kinds of the tropes of action films now. Like, there's, there's a battle scene where one of the guys is, is uh, jumping off of a, you know, off of a hill with his arms upraised with a sword, oh, right. you know, flying down. <laughs> is he yelling parkour? Is he yelling yeah, like, like, parkour? <laughs> and uh, Morgan Freeman's in it as the uh, Arab, well, at least in the 1959 movie, it was an Arab uh, horse racing guy that, you know, Ben Hur comes and learns how to race horses mm-hmm. with. And he's one of the great characters in the original. But Morgan Freeman is playing this character. I don't know if they're saying he's Arab because he's not Arab, but. Uh, uh, they don't make him look Arab in this film either, so maybe they he, just made him African. He's I don't played know. an Arab before. Did he play an Arab in um, Robin Hood? He oh, a, he was called a Moor, but they're kind of similar. <clears throat> so maybe he's a Moor. Yeah, it could be. But uh, anyway, um, so not looking forward to this movie. But <laughs> maybe you know who's, who's the, the production team behind it, or the director? I or, don't. I didn't. I didn't look it up enough. Timber Timber Beck Beck Mambitov. Oh, was right. like the guy that did uh, what was it Wanted? The bu- the oh, bullet movie yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh, that could. I think be. he directed that. Well, there you go. So that's that's <laughs> his action sequence yeah. kind Look of thing. Wanted. Was... Yeah, oh, he did Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You'll probably like it then. <laughs> <laughs> hey now. But uh, I mean, Ben Hur is one of my favorite books that I've ever read. So um, I have a love for this source material at least. So. So this one's just not not looking great, but uh, that's all right. Maybe maybe it's great. Watch it, see if you like it. Let me know.
Well, I think that I mean that 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 is what you talked about, where they where they make these great epics, and if they if it's all just all flash and no substance, right? Because um, that's the nineteen fifties epics. They I mean they were grand movies, mm-hmm. and they had these grand casts, and it was um, like you know like Moses and, and and this, and so they kind of felt really big, right? Because um, they were kind of pushing the limits for the time mm-hmm. as far as as far as what they could do. Um, but they still had good stories and they had good acting right, right. And, and things like that. But if it's just all like, well, we're going to make an epic and all the epic means is it's just a big budget and lots of mm-hmm. cool, neat effects <clears throat> at the expense of the story or the right, characters where right. you don't really care about them. Um, and, and, you know, this I just watched a trailer, so it's possible yeah. that the rest of it's going to be great. I don't know. But there's just something about computer graphics in a realistic setting like, right. I, I showed I showed this to Nick this morning, and within three seconds of it, he said, I can see why this is your dislike. <laughs> but then, right after it, we watched the X-Men Apocalypse trailer, and I'm like, well, obviously this is CGI stuff too, but for some reason, since that's such a, you know, an alternate reality world, I yeah. let it get it, I, yeah. I get it, because there's superheroes and, you know, mutants and all this stuff, and so it's okay in that film, not so much okay in this realistic, you know... Historical well, it's a different film. kind of suspension so. of disbelief, right? Yeah, uh, when you're trying to, you know, be pulled into a realistic setting, exactly. Yeah, and that's pulling you out. And that's pulling you out. Yeah, that's you're it. already acknowledging that X Men isn't real, right? So <laughs> you're ready for this heightened, you know, world and heightened exactly. sense because yep. you know you don't want them to be just shoot, shining a red light. You want to see lasers, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want the the uh, the low down camera angle of some you know giant. You want to see a sentinel, man. I think they've done some of those epics right, like like Gladiator was a was a kind of yeah. a, had an epic feel to it, but it was really really good, and I think they they did use... they did a lot of CGI in that, but it was it was grounded enough right. that you didn't you didn't notice it. Yeah, and like and that, the tigers, I think in the in the yeah. in the arena were all CGI, but they felt real. You felt right. That's it. If I don't notice it, I'm yeah, okay with yeah. it. Yeah. And, well, and, and that's... different directors know I think how to use CGI right. better. Right. Like I was listening to a good discussion about. Mission Impossible Three on a podcast once, and they were talking about the the, the bridge drive, the scene where they're on this bridge mm-hmm. like, over water the whole time, and like that is a fantastic looking scene, and none of the water is real. It's the water is all CG, and no one ever thinks about that right. because they knew that that's not your focus. Right. You know, if you had fake looking cars, that would pull yeah, you yeah. out. But they decided, hey, we can if we build this, you know fake highway in the middle of a desert then we can actually shoot the cool stuff and make the parts that you want to see the the part you're focusing on incredibly realistic and then the stuff that's in your periphery that's going to be cg because you're not going to be looking as close to it like jj abrams is really and that's why star wars force awakens looks so great compared to the prequels yeah yeah because (laughs) when there's apparently actually more uh special effects shots in the Force Awakens than in any of the prequel movies, mm-hmm. but they know when to use them. Better. Right, right, yeah. So, all right. So that was, uh, yeah. So watch the trailer and go see it if you want. And I don't know, like, I'm not sure when it comes out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, Andrew, you're up for your <laughs> yeah. I'm going to change pace here and talk about superhero things. All right. Awesome. <laughs> uh, something that I do not like. Uh, is DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is a bad show. <laughs> uh, which is a shame because it's from the same group in the same, you know, it's part of the same multiverse, I guess, now. 
as uh, Arrow, and then Flash, and now Supergirl, and then now there's this DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, and Flash and Arrow are both fantastic shows, and Superhero- Supergirl's pretty great, and I can't believe it's made by the same people that make <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow, because that show is rough. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's really disappointing because it actually brought all of these characters, it, you know, they were trying to do like this superhero team up show. Mm-hmm. So they bring in all of these different characters that had started off as, you know, and they started off organically. They weren't even trying to do this at first. Um, they took some of the cool side characters from Arrow and some side ones from Flash and they threw in a couple new character or not even new characters, but you know, they threw in Hawkgirl who hadn't been on those shows right, and yeah. Hawkman and a couple other characters uh, to sort of round out this team, and so it was, it was full of characters that I already liked, yep. played by actors and actresses that I already really liked, yep. um, and they're hopping through time, you know, solving, great. solving <laughs> all the time problems. <laughs> like I like this. This could have been like Doctor Who plus Firefly, mm-hmm. like which would have been the coolest show, right? <laughs> <laughs> and somehow they've made a bunch of characters I really liked unlikable, and they apparently wrote that like apparently people writing the show have never done anything like watch a time travel movie or <laughs> done anything involving time travel because it is the dumbest time travel. <laughs> like if it's weird because the whole plot of the show revolves around stopping one guy, Vandal Savage. Like you want they in you know fifty years in the future or whatever he's done some pretty terrible things mm-hmm. and they want to stop him before all that stuff happens and the fact that your first conversation is not hey let's go back to before he got his immortality powers because he's been around for thousands of years and just kill him like <laughs> that's not your Problem first solved. thing yeah. yeah it would have been a really short show <laughs> but apparently their their uh Ideas include going back to the 80s because he opened a bank account, and what if he had less money in the future? (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Or, oh, you have two characters that are also immortal and have been, you know, killed by, like, they, I guess they keep reincarnating. They've been killed by Vandal Savage a bunch of times. So let's not ask them when when in history he was. Let's go find this other guy that kept a diary. (laughs) And did some research. Right. It's it's dumb. It, like it, it it sort of it insults the intelligence yeah. of its audience yeah. by being that stupid. So either the characters have to be incredibly stupid, or it has to assume that its audience is that mm-hmm. stupid. And either way, and it's not okay. Either way, it's okay. <laughs> and it's a shame because like it has like this. It has an all star cast. Like mm-hmm. it's got Victor Garber. It's got Wentworth Miller. It's mm-hmm. got Brandon Routh. Uh, it's got Kitty Lots, like who was my, like one of my favorite characters on Arrow, yeah. uh, as Black Canary, but like I I just don't understand how this show is <laughs> so bad. So what where where is it? Oh, it's on CW on CW, Thursday night. Okay. So yeah, CW's got Flash on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. It's got Arrow on Wednesdays. Now it's got Legends of Tomorrow. Well, and the, the main time traveler guy is Rory from Doctor Who. So it's like yeah, and it's even what? got it's even got Rory. <laughs> Who should know about time travel? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, he's the leader of this crew. He brings this ragtag group of heroes and villains together mm-hmm. to stop Vandal Savage, and he's an idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's really dumb. And some, and, like, and the cast has like no chemistry with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were watching Firefly and. Not only did you hate all of the characters, but all the characters seemed to hate each other, no one would have actually cared about the right. show. Yeah. But, 
And and because they have so many characters, they can't do any kind of service to each one in an episode. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, we're gonna go back in time and do this super important thing, but it's not actually important. But for the purpose of the plot, right. it's supposed to be really important. But what if you four just kind of stayed on the ship and did this dumb B plot? Yeah. <laughs> fought, fought amongst each other. Yeah, fight amongst <laughs> each other. Let's bring up some random drama that we don't need because we hired eight full time actors for this show and don't have I'm, enough. Gotta have doing something. Yeah. So I, I'm just uh, dumbfounded by. Now, have you watched all of them out there so far? I watched. All but two, and okay. then I canceled it on my DVR. Okay, like, because no. it was so. It was I, they did they did, they did one in the future, and they managed to make the time travel even worse, because like the 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 premise for this episode was because they're time traveling now, they weren't around in the near future when like if they they left. Say they left in January 2016 and then started time traveling. They weren't around in February 2016 when something bad happened, mm-hmm. and the you know the world went bad. And then, but their plan is to go back to January 6, 2016 later. So really, that should never have happened right. because time travel. But because right now they're on a <laughs> on a time traveling not TARDIS. Like <laughs> the world's bad. But when they go back later, it will be have fixed itself. Somehow, it's wow crazy. Yeah, I think I've watched like four or five episodes, and I got like the rest of them sitting on my DVR. Yeah, and I just haven't, you know, I was like, I watched it, and I'm not really thrilled with it either. And I'm like, I'm hoping that's going to get better, but from, yeah, because, from what you said, it's not. Well, and so. like I said, like if season, they could totally turn the show around for a season two, and you know, can the the villain and like they could just be going around time like solving problems, and it would be cool. But when you revolve everything around this one character that you're trying to stop, mm-hmm. all of your mo- like all of the plots and all the motivations seem really dumb all of a sudden. Like, if the whole point of Doctor Who was him stopping one event in the future, but finding the stupidest ways to go about (laughs) doing that, no one would watch Doctor Who. But when it's about him going to different places and solving different problems, that's super interesting. And he has a character that's also usually interesting, and not seven really dumb characters. Yeah, and the, I think the bad guy is, is another problem. I think he's just he's just too bland, bland. But he's too cartoony, or is I mean, he even looks. They made him look like super evil. He's got the you know the the beard that's all you know trimmed to look that evil kind of you know like um, twirl his mustache. You know, almost. <laughs> but he just he just I don't know he he tries. They made him try to look really evil and mm-hmm. bad, and um, I think it's just an excuse for them to go back in time so they can wear different costumes from the era. But it's just. Yeah, and they don't even go, like, like, they went back to the 70s, but then they were in the 70s for, like, three or four episodes, probably because they have almost no budget, and they're spending it all, you know, on... Costume you know, design? White Canaries jackets. Yeah. <laughs> From the 80s and 70s. So it's like, they go to the 70s, now we're going to go to the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. <awesome. laughs> um, yeah, it's... So it's also time travel with very little time travel. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, my pro- I think the second or third episode, they do the... The classic, oh man, someone's sick, we should shrink down and go into their body. <laughs> like, if you're busting that out on episode three, <laughs> you're hurting for ideas. Yeah. There's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I... I think you're into the magic school bus when he was inside her body. Right? Yeah, so I, think, I, I think I texted Dominic that was, afterwards. That was an episode of magic school bus. <laughs> I think I texted Dominic afterwards and I said, if the next episode's a body switch, I'm forever done with this. <laughs> 
because they have gone to that well yep. way too early. Yep. <laughs> um, but like I said, like there there is a good show in there. They have all mm-hmm. the ingredients of a good show. They just need people who can write a TV right. show. I guess better writers, better yeah. writers, better directors. <laughs> like the cast is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. they're doing what they can. Right. Um. But. Ugh. <laughs> Well, watch DC's Legends of Tomorrow if you dare. If you dare, um, yeah. If you don't want to hate watch yeah. a TV show, if you want, but if you really, don't have a TV show to hate watch, you can hate watch yeah. DC's Legends yeah. of Tomorrow. You'd be much better off daredeviling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, he brings it all around. <laughs> nice, nice little bow on it. Yeah. He dared to go there. <laughs> all right, uh, to to bring us home, my dislike this this time is that another year has gone by and I have still not made it. To the South by Southwest Festival, mm. um, which is which is ending. We're recording this on a Saturday. It's ending, I think, tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the South by Southwest Festival. I've been wanting to go for 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 a long time. Um, it has gotten huge now. So I don't know. Maybe I should go back. Maybe I can go back in time with Legend Tomorrow. <laughs> go back to a time when there wasn't that many people coming because there's like fifty thousand people at this at this festival. Yeah, maybe one of Vandal Savage's favorite bands was there. <laughs> yeah. and, if, and if you assassinate the band, you'll, you'll be sad he'll in the be future. Sad. Exactly. <laughs> maybe he'll he won't want to destroy the world. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just get him like really into you know Mumford or something. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So um, the South by Southwest um, festival started off as a music festival back in the um, back in the eighties and uh, has has grown ever since. Mm-hmm. So now it's called the South by Southwest um, Music, Film, and Interactive Festival. So so they've uh, they've they've expanded. So like um, when they started off, I mean it was really small. Like I was reading, they had like in nineteen eighty seven they had like seven hundred people mm-hmm. encoded there. And now in like a couple of year and a couple two thousand fourteen they said there was like um, twenty eight thousand people. And that was just at the music festival. Yeah. Because you got like I said, you got these film and you got this interactive innovation technology um, going along mm-hmm. with it. Um, but they all descend on Austin, Texas, <clears throat> um, for this 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 weekend in March, like ten days in March. Um, and uh, and so there's like for me I love music and so there's like over two thousand bands that come to South by Southwest and uh, and some of them are are well known bands so you get some some cool like um, um, performances by these by these bands mm-hmm. and there's been some legendary South by Southwest performances um, but then you also have these bands that are unsigned and are just looking um, to 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 get themselves out there and get some exposure mm-hmm. and and um, and so, assume it's the same with the films, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of films yeah. will now debut at the South by mm-hmm. Southwest Festival. So it's it's that that film festival is you know coming alongside some of the big ones like um, the one in Colorado, the um, um, Sundance, Sundance, yeah. and uh, you have the Tribeca Film Festival, uh, and they got Toronto Film Festival. Mm-hmm. So all these film festivals, um, and now so South by Southwest is now there's a lot of shows are, are debuting like the the whole mumblecore thing started at the at the South by Southwest with the comfy chair. I don't know if you've ever seen any of these these like mumblecore movies. Sure. Um, <laughs> but those those like all came to, to South by Southwest and, and made their debut there. Um, but yeah, a lot of bands have gone and gotten signed. Like John Mayer got signed. Um, and you know, some people don't like John Mayer or whatever. Another band some people don't like Hanson. Their dad kinda like <laughs> took these brothers and said, We're going South by Southwest and just like took them down there. In a van, and they played, and they That's got signed. History. And the rest, <laughs> the rest is history. Um, 
Um, but it's like the, there's, there's a lot of exposure for these bands, um, and they said they, they they get paid like $100 for a solo act or $250 for a band. That's mm-hmm. a, that's how much they get paid. Or you can get a wristband, and you can go to South by Southwest and, and be there for free. So <laughs> it's really not about the the making money. It's more about the exposure mm-hmm. because, like I said, there's 2,000 bands playing during this time, and they play like all wow. day long, yeah. all night long. Anywhere you turn, there's there's music happening. For me, for me, I was like, "Oh man, I can't. I want to go there." Um, so maybe, maybe next year, um, we can go South by Southwest. We can all go. We can get movies and, and stuff like that, and, yeah. and have fun. And Austin, Austin's like the Portland of the South. It's like you know, they, they see like keep Portland weird, cool. keep yeah. Austin weird. Um, Austin's and, uh, good stuff. What's that? So Austin's good stuff. I yeah. I, I, have you ever been to Austin? Yes. That's oh, why yeah. I think it's good stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never been. And the only time I've been, like, the Foo Fighters, their, their last documentary, where they actually like hang out in, in Austin and, like, write a song and then perform there. And so I got to look around. And, and like, I, like I said, it seems like a really cool college town also, because I think UT is there, University of Texas in Austin. Mm-hmm. And so, and, but then, like I said, it's, it's getting this reputation for just this really great... Um, music scene, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I definitely want to get there. But once again, here we are. We're at the end, and and I am I'm stuck in Maryland. <laughs> yeah, almost every bar near our hotel had live music. Like on, you know, we were there like a Wednesday and Thursday or something. So there was even just in the little bars live music oh, yeah. everywhere yeah. in the middle of November. Yeah, so we get this. I got a reputation as as a really good um, music place, and uh, and a lot of these these up and coming bands there, but. Yeah, they all descend mm-hmm. on, on Austin for this this week, and uh, so you know, one year I might get there. Um, but uh, if you ever check it out, South by Southwest, um, one of my favorite podcasts, um, All Songs Considered from NPR. They're there; they go there every year, and um, and then and they have like you know, there's like four or five of them, and they're like going around, and um, and then they they get together at night, and they kind of like they recap the day that. and yeah. talk about the bands they saw, and it is you just you pop into a place and, and watch a band, and maybe you you see two or three songs, mm-hmm. and and you could go in there and say, yeah, I don't like this, and then like you know, right. go down here and see another band. So for those who like music and love like live music, um, it's it's a great place to be. The, the band I talked about, Escondido, there they they came to South by Southwest. Uh, they were just there. I saw them on the Facebook page, and nice. so yeah, everyone plays there and and. For me, I think it's it's more like just the being in the community of of, of music and bands and mm-hmm. and uh, just to get that that vibe and that feel. I think that's something that I want to just experience as well. <laughs> Not I want to experience really good music, but I just want to experience that vibe of 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 just being around people who who love music mm-hmm. and and the good, good music, bad music, weird music. It's all there. <laughs> so that is South by Southwest. Um, that's it for this 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 time. We, I think we've gotten all. Um, Thanks for listening to the Pumping Iron Podcast. Something that you could do to help us out, you can um, subscribe in, in iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcast delivered to you. Um, you can review us. You can interact with us. Uh, like I said, if you want to like talk about some things you like or dislike or have comments or questions for us, maybe we'll read some of your comments mm-hmm. on another show or interact with you guys that way. That'd be great um, for us, and that'd be a lot of fun. So you can put comments on a Facebook page. You can go to our website, PumpingIronyPodcast.com, um, and interact with us that way. And uh, it would be really fun. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Once again, I'm Tim. And I'm Russ. And I'm Andrew. Have a great one. You know.